What's up, everything? The first day of free agency is all but officially over, and a lot has changed. Billy Huso is a Red Wing. David Perron is a Red Wing. The only two people I'm certain are not Red Wings are former Red Wings Nick Weddy and Thomas Grice, who are now both St. Louis Blues. St. Louis also signed Robert Thomas to an eight-year contract extension, cementing his role as the centerpiece of the future. But is it enough to quell our angst? Of course not. This one's probably going to get pretty fiery, so strap in, folks. Let's get started, and let's go Blues. Everyone give it up for America's favorite fighting Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Wednesday, July 13th, the end of the first day of free agency. A lot has happened, uh, but none of it very good for the St. Louis Blues, in my opinion, except the Robert Thomas thing, which I am unequivocally in favor of, and I'm shocked that some people are not. We'll talk about that later on. Um, Ian, you may be a little more measured than I am. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm going to try to be. I'm going to try to be. Somebody uh, has to bring the reason to this podcast. And since uh, Justin's cat, Demetri, isn't here to do it, it's going to have to be you. It's the reason for the season. Um, I'm, I'm underwhelmed, to say the least. I'm underwhelmed by today many people will tell you this is just day one though Stephen. this is day one of free agency but as we can as i can tell you from a scrolling through tsn's nhl free agent trade tracker free agent trade tracker just trade just free agent <laughs> tracker jesus christ um everybody gone everybody gone yeah so like the- there could be trades for sure but if you're thinking there's going to be a sneaky signing uh they gone yeah everybody's gone and I think the other thing that bothers me is like the moves that have happened are bad. They're already bad. I didn't want four years committed to Nick Weddy. That's not going to change. I didn't want David Perron to leave. That's not going to change. Like could more happen? Sure. Could Matthew Kachuk be a, a blue by the end of the week? Maybe, but first of all, we have no real evidence of that. We have no, you know, people are people are acting like I'm, you know, on Twitter, which I've been active. I won't deny to being an emotional tweeter, but people are acting like the irrational perspective is not blindly assuming there's some bigger play in the works, you know, like like I'm the crazy one for not seeing that Dougie must obviously be doing something more. And I have a lot of faith in Doug Armstrong. We've spoken positively about him a lot on this podcast, but today sucked. It really sucked really, really hard. And I'm kind of tired of pretending that it doesn't just because some people want to be, you know, be calm and keep the faith. We lost a franchise great player who wanted to be here desperately over a quarters of a million of dollars. We called it a cap casualty when we're responsible for the damn cap situation. And 
then we signed Nick Letty, who I'm sorry, people are just, they're just out of their minds about this guy. They're just, they're acting like he made us substantially better last year. I just don't, he was fine, but he was fine. Like, why do people not see how this is exactly analogous to the Marco Scandella situation? Mm -hmm. We looked great after Marco Scandella arrived. Then we signed him to a long contract extension that we didn't need to sign him to. And it was immediately regrettable. And maybe that won't be true with Nick Letty, but that's not your solution on defense. That's not your solution on defense. That can't be. That's our defense sucked last year and it's not any better. And now it's our defense was already too old, too Mm -hmm. expensive, committed to for too long and not good enough. And we made it older, more expensive, committed to it for longer (laughs) and didn't make it any better in the process. I I thought Jacob Chickram was a mistake for the Blues because we couldn't just add another contract on defense without subtracting anything. And now we've done that for a player who's not a tenth of the player Jacob Chickram is. And I don't mean I I don't mean to disrespect Nick Letty, but he was just he just hasn't been good for several years in the NHL. And maybe that will magically change, but I think history does not favor the people who bet on a 31 year old magically improving over the life of a four-year contract it's just that's a baffling move to me and for that move to you know force or at least in some degree force us to lose David Perron who was not only just a great player on the ice but a major influence in the locker room and for um, him to walk away and say he was heartbroken to have his time in St. Louis be ending. That sucks. That's stupid. That sucks. And it's, it's wrong not to quote John Tortorella, (laughs) but I really, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me and we may have more coming and I may look like an idiot, but I don't think I'll look like an idiot because I'm still just analyzing what I see and what I know. And even if we get Matthew Kachuk tomorrow, even if news breaks on this podcast that we've gotten Matthew Kachuk, that won't justify the Nick Luddy signing, it won't justify making Thomas Grice your backup, and it won't necessarily justify letting David Perron walk. So I just don't, I don't have a lot of sympathy for the, oh, it's all going to be okay gang today. Usually I try to try to be rational and, and, you know, try to understand the middle of the aisle, but this time I just don't have it in me a lot tonight. What am I not seeing that you're seeing? Uh, Thomas Grice is a career 9-12 goalie so put some respect on, on Thomas Grice uh it's also I love heavily it. weighted towards the earlier part of his uh, career when he wasn't 36. I know people say he was with Detroit last year and they were really bad and I get that but like who bets on a rebound season for a 37 year old 36 year old mm-hmm. like I, it's just I know, I know Chuck, Chucky sideburns, Charlie Lindgren got a three-year deal with the Capitals, which is also friggin' nuts. I wasn't at the Capitals. It was something. Yeah, it was. Um, but like, to me, the one that's inexcusable is Sam Sonoff to get, to get 1.8 million. And we're going with Thomas Grice at one, at what, what was it? 1.25. It's yeah, just. Yeah. You know, we're not, 
I just, I just don't, I don't understand a lot of what happened today. We I definitely feel like there were better goalies, younger goalies that we could have gotten, um, especially like you said before. I mean, I'm pretty sure Halak, who I get is not younger, um, you could have gotten for about the same. And I honestly feel just more comfortable with them. Um, like you said, there's Samsonov. There were other guys out there, and I just felt like I don't know what they liked about Grace. I don't know if Nick Letty put in a good word for Grace, but um, I don't know. I just I don't like well, Nick Letty does control the team now. That's so. right. I don't like the thought of um Grace starting whatever it is, 30 games, mm-hmm. 32 games or whatever for this team. People are like, he's not going to start that many games. I'm like, oh, is Bennington starting 60 plus games? I mean, you could, I mean, it's fine. You can try that. It's not like it hasn't been done, but is that the mm-hmm. plan? And that's also like, well, no. It's like, okay, well, then <laughs> it's one or the other. Um, I also don't like the, the thought of, you know, Bennington had, I think he bounced back in the playoffs, but he had a bit of a up and down season last year. Or, and so if he goes through a slump, you're turning to Thomas Grace or it, God help us, Bennington gets injured, you're turning to Thomas Grace. Like, I know these are all things where it's like, well, that's just, you know, ifs and buts and stuff, but this happens all the time in the NHL. It's not ifs and buts when we literally needed a backup goalie for more than half of last season to be Mm -hmm. the starter. Like, That's what I mean. Like, it happens all the time. It is so wild to me. It really is insane to me that – a large part of the same section of fans that all last season were like, Huso's the hot hand. We got to ride Huso. Bennington doesn't deserve to be the starter. His pay structure doesn't matter. He just needs to be on the bench and be happy about it. Nobody should complain about it. Are now the same people who are like, well, having Thomas Grice as the backup is fine. Bennington's more than proven himself. And <laughs> we just need a cheap veteran option. And it's like, why do we need a veteran? Because we can't trust that our number one guy will start the whole season. <laughs> I uh, just, and I mean, we're Bennington people, but it's still like, it's just, yeah. it's just the NHL, man. Like you're going just, to use that guy for 30 games. We should, we should go through each move that the Blues made individually, just right. so we cover them all. But the bottom line to me is, we're not better. We're, we're not even close to better. We're considerably worse. We're worse on offense. We're worse than net. And we're at best the same on defense as we were when uh, um, Darren Helm scored in game six <laughs> against the Avalanche. I think that's my problem is like you, you have the measuring stick in your division. It's the mm-hmm. Colorado Avalanche and you took two games off them and that's great. And you, Got no OT in, in game six or whatever it was, but like it, they didn't look good enough to beat the Avalanche. They just didn't. And you need to be able to build a team that can beat the Avalanche because that's who you're going through. Unless you manage to get a wild card spot um, and then you get shoved over to the West, which, or yeah, which by the way, or the Pacific, which by the way, just means we're bad. Um, you got to go through Colorado and at this point it's i mean it's like the leafs it's not exactly like the leafs better than that but they have to look at the Tampa bay lightning or the the florida panthers and be like this is who we have to beat that's who you have to beat to get out of this division we have to beat the colorado avalanche and we don't look any better to do it like you said nick letty a wash in the sense that it's the same as last year granted we didn't have brawl last year but again it's not that big he's 
he's not a game changer. He's playing in your top four. And I know these necessarily weren't like all these defensemen that were being signed and stuff aren't necessarily that either, but like we had to get creative, have to trade something, have to do something because this top four of Pareko, Krug, Falk, and Letty, like it's fine. It's fine. That's the best I can say about it. It's fine. That's mm-hmm. it's fine. That's not a bad top four. Fine. It's fine. I think it's too, I think it's too kind to call it fine, but but uh, like, but that's not it's but that's certainly not good. Not good. It's certainly not elite. And to it's me, cert- with the Nick, the Nick Letty thing is definitely like picking Nick Letty over David Perron. And I get yeah. that from a from a minutes perspective of like, well, this guy's gonna play more minutes and blah blah, but I don't get it from literally any other perspective, like from a a loyalty perspective, like a guy that wants to be here perspective, um, a guy who's scoring like 20 plus goals a season over the last like three, four years is actually somehow getting better in his old age. Yeah, he's going to drop off at some point, but you signed him for two years. Maybe he doesn't drop off this year. Shit, maybe he doesn't even drop off the year after that. You know, like it was two years that Detroit got him for. Like, I don't understand. I don't get it. It blows me away. Like, you couldn't give that to him and then just not have Nick Letty. Cause guess what? Nick Letty makes you a little bit better, but to me, uh, what is it? There was a tweet earlier today that you sent me that was perfect. It's like, if you sign, we need left-hand top four D help. And if we sign Nick Letty, we still need left-hand top four D help. Cause like, that's just not it. This is like a Pareko thing, right? Pareko is your number one defenseman. Well, yeah. In name and that he's the guy that, is in that position, but he's not actually one. Nick Letty plays in the top four, but is he really like a top four defenseman on like a cup winning team? I don't think so. And it's just, that's what I don't get is like people look at this and they say, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, okay, it is fine. But like fine's not good enough. Fine's not like, where are you getting those 20 goals that you just lost from Perron? Jake Neighbors? Like that'd be awesome, but probably not. And I wanted to look through it. I'll have to look through it at some point. The shooting percentage of this team had to have been off the charts last year for some of these guys. They're not getting 20. We're not having nine 20 goal scorers next year. And you lost through one guy that's probably like a shoe-in for 20, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy on oh, someone else was like, oh, yeah, but like half his goals are on the power play. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, then fuck that. Who cares about power play goals? I don't anyone? understand that. Only half it's of like... them were even strengths. Who cares? A lot of this guy's production comes from the time that everybody says is the most important time for time to produce. It's like, you look great in the playoffs. I tweeted yeah. like I know I've tweeted like 10 different times when he scored. I was like, pay this dude whatever he wants. And yeah, it's tongue in cheek and it's for fun, but it's like no. why? Why was this such a big deal? I don't How understand. Do you let him go. We aren't that we aren't like so close to having like this huge cup run that it was like well we had to let him go because we got this big thing coming down the line it was two years you've got o'reilly coming off the books next year you've got tarasenko coming off the books next year you've got Kyra who you have to to resign but again he's not going to make as much as thomas is or at very least he's making the same amount but not as much o'reilly you're probably resigning tarasenko's gone like, I don't, I don't yeah. understand. People are like, where are you going to get the money for Perron? I'm like, it's right in front of you. It's literally right in front of you. The only reason I think that Doug Armstrong has to do more stuff is because I'm looking at the money and I'm like, they could do this. They could do this and it wouldn't also, harm them down the line. So he must have something in the future plan because this makes zero sense. Also, like we, 
I saw Luke Korak, who was just absolutely a shill for the organization today. I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, but he was. Um, and one of the things he said is like, well, Army has never done a buyout and he's not going to with Scandella. So just take that option off the table. Why? He fucking sucks. He's completely dead weight. If you can't find a trade partner who will take him, fucking buy him out. That's your fault, Doug. It's not, mm. it, you can't say, well, he has this unblemished buyout record. If he has people that deserve to be bought out, then he's just dumb twice. <laughs> and again, it's like, I, I, we're going to sound hypercritical of Doug Armstrong. And in the grand scheme of things, he's still been a far better GM right, over right. the last decade than most people. For God's sake, we could have Chuck frickin' Fletcher. I mean, I'm not denying that, okay? I, I, I totally am on board, but like, you can't make it, you cannot call a guy a cap casualty when you're responsible for the cap situation. Mm -hmm. You are not spending all your money on more important players right now. Okay. There aren't many more important players than David Perron. I love Braden Shin, but I don't think he's more important to this team right now than David Perron. Uh, Brandon Son certainly is not. Um, you know, any of our defense mess could be cleared up. And again, just today, you did not need Nick Ruddy more than you needed David Perron. I'm sorry. I just don't understand that logic. I really don't get that on any level. Why Nick Ruddy is your solution for four years. You're taking that gamble for four years. That's your play. That's your solution is Nick Letty. Nick Letty, who was so garbage, he couldn't he couldn't even be bothered to be kept by the Red Wings. Like, I just, I just what don't. I find, what I find funny too is there's all those rumors that Army was like quietly shopping Krug. I'm like, oh, is there going to be another defenseman you bring back though? Because I like Scott Prunovich, but like, I also don't necessarily know how much he can score in the top four right now. And it's like, if your solution is, well, Krug's gone, we get, I don't know, a forward back or I don't know what he's getting back, but it's like, it's better be another defenseman because you can't, you can't have like, it just be Falk and Pareko and Letty now. Like, that's ridiculous. I don't understand too. We have a, we have 2.5 million, I think in cap space. I know there's probably some guys and like the AHL, we got a sign order, but there's like Nikola and there's Perunovic and stuff. And if you're like, well, if we sign Peron for his like 0.75 million more, Nico Mikola has gone. Okay. Bye. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. See ya. I don't care, man. I just, I'm so, it's, it's very fan centric. And I think that's part of the thing too. I think sometimes people on Twitter as fan, as much as they are fans, I think sometimes they try and be really, really like, well, that's all business guys. Come on. We got to really understand this is a business. And it's like, dude, I'm a fan, a fanatic. <laughs> yeah. Troll. Like I'm good. Like, yes, tomorrow I'll be calm or blah, 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 it doesn't matter. But like right now, yeah, I'm pissed. Like you, you couldn't find 0.75 more or million dollars more for David Brown. You can just be like, see you, Mikula. I don't like, it's, what are they trying to say? I'm in a circle. I don't like that Doug Armstrong, I like Doug Armstrong. I don't like that he's gone into this weird mode now of like having to play like ultra hard ball with like dudes that are like, and he's like, well, it's business. And I'm sure his whole thing will be like, well, you know, he's getting older. We've seen the age curves with blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, don't fucking sign Nick Letty for four <laughs> years. 
I do like people and going, he's 31 and David Prawn's 34. So there is a difference. I'm like, that would be different if David Prawn wasn't doing the shit that David Prawn has been doing the last like four years. Yes. Yes. If he was exactly. like, man, he just wasn't very good. He's on the David Backus trajectory. That's what people forget too. They're like, well, I remember they didn't sign David Backus. That turned out pretty good. Yeah, dude, he wasn't very good the season before he left. He looked terrible the season before he left. We all was, knew he was going to fall off a cliff. It was sad because he was the captain and stuff. And I do remember being like, but oh, this everybody sucks. But it made understood sense. that move. A hundred percent people understood that move. I don't like, this is another thing that's really gotten me angry this week is like leading up to the draft and free agency I said a couple of times like well you know I really could see a, a move here where Doug Armstrong kind of keep you know moves some pieces around make some moves that are a little more forward focused maybe the mm-hmm. team's not as good next season and he retools for a couple of years down the line when the abs will arguably work, be worse and our young core will be even more mature and great. And maybe Matthew Kachuk is a part of that picture, whatever, whatever. And I had people tell me left and right like that. You can't do that. You got to go all in for this year. Our cup window is closing. We don't have enough of a core to do that. And that's fine. But now today people are like, well, you know, maybe we, let Perron go because we're retooling a little bit for the future. And I'm like, you can't say that. And then keep Nick freaking money. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't know how that's setting yourself up for success. I know it. I know it seems like I, I just hate Nick Waddy or think he will be a total bust here. And I don't mean it to come off like that. I just don't understand how it makes any sense it just seems like the laziest like well he's in front of us so he's who will sign sort of Mm. thinking you know and it's like and i think it's also partially that like doug armstrong really hates rentals at the trade deadline and he Mm. it has several times shot himself in the foot by extending people who could have just been rentals and that would have been fine um and it just doesn't there's no there's no picture that it fits to me. Like everybody's like, well, wait for the bigger picture to emerge. And there's no picture where having Nick Letty makes sense. If we go out and trade Tarasenko and get Matthew Kachuk, I still don't understand why we kept Nick Letty. If we go out and trade Tory Krug and get Matthew Kachuk, I still don't understand why we kept Nick Letty. Like he's not a first pairing defenseman. He's not even really a second pairing defenseman. He's not very good at defense at all. I was thinking about it today. And like the Perunovic to Krug to Letty is like one of those three three tier evolutions in Pokemon where like the last one's just real disappointing, you know, like you're like, Oh, this is sweet. And you're like, Oh, this is even sweeter. And then you're like, fucking what, you know, like Infernape, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't think of the perfect example, but like, um, it's just like, they're three players cut from the same mold. We were talking about having too many, too many small or not and Letty's not as small as the other guys but too many like medium to undersized puck moving offense first left-handed defenseman before when we just had two now we have three Hmm. because Letty can't play defense that's That's, the thing he sucks at so like I just that's what's so funny is like he's good at transition and that's that's sort of it like offense dies with them um defense like 
he was decent against Minnesota, but like, I just don't, I don't understand. Like all your, all the numbers essentially point to me and caved in on defense. And it's like, people will say, oh, well, you know, he's got all these goals or expected goals against and stuff when he's out there because he's out there against like tough assignments. I'm like, yeah, dude. But then if you're out there against tough assignments, you have to then play against them. Well, I get that you might be playing against, I don't know, Kale McCarr and, and Nathan McKinnon. And it's like, well, that's tough. And they're, they're generally speaking, that stuff's not going to go in your favor, but it needs to like equal out a little, be close. But if you're getting, if it's like, oh yeah, they're just always got, they just always have shot attempts when I'm out there, but they're really good. The other team's <laughs> really good. I'm like, yeah, well then we shouldn't have you out there. We should have someone else out there. And if yeah. we can't use you in that regard, then you're not, then you're not useful to us for that aspect of the game, which is defense. So like, I don't quite understand people defending like it's it's the Detroit thing well you know he was on a bad team and stuff I'm like you can still have pretty, you can still have decent metrics on a bad team it is possible like you can get scored on non-stop and still have like decent metrics and be like oh okay well it was it was the team it was the goalie it was whatever mm-hmm. uh Moritz Sider granted totally different player very good player Calder Calder trophy winner uh doesn't have ass statistics on the on the Red Wings uh-huh. So like I it, I just I don't buy the whole like well they were on a shit team sometimes that is true I totally get it it probably bounced back a little bit more from that but it's like you're still the player that you were you can still you can still close gaps you can still try and box people out or whatever and if you're not good at that you're not good at that like well also like didn't I it also just seems like our 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 whole fan base is a little bipolar like haven't we're always the one that are like, we don't really need size. That's kind of an anomaly. Mm. You know, we don't need a big pushy hit him guy. And everybody else like, is like, no, we need a net front presence. We need somebody physical. And then like, we get Nick Wetty. That's our solution. And it's like, we don't go after Nikita Zadorov, who at least is 6'6", 230 and hits like a truck or, a, mm. you know, I don't want Eric Goodbranson, but he's 6'5", he's big he's strong he may not have any cuts but he's big and strong uh and like i just i i just don't get it on any level i guess we've i guess we've beaten on that dead horse enough and maybe nick Letty will have four incredible years here um and uh you know i'll look like an idiot but i'm just warning people if he is not good and we start to regret that contract at any point, I'm going to have a lot of receipts that I'm going to go back and find because uh, I just don't see how so many people think this deal is just fine and not a concern at all when it, it doesn't help make the team better than it was when we lost pretty decisively to Colorado last year. I guess some people also just don't think we were thoroughly beaten by Colorado and think that was a close series, which I don't understand. So I guess that's part of this, but. Yeah, that's one of those fun things where people think, well, if we beat Colorado, then essentially we win the cup, right? I mean, we'd obviously beat Edmonton and we'd beat the Lightning, no problem, much like the Avalanche did. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we didn't really talk about Nolachar. That's fine. I, I, <laughs> I was about to say, what what one sentence would you like to say about Nolichar? Yeah, it's like, whatever. I he wasn't isn't the bottom six forward that I would have added. I talked about a couple yesterday. I really like 
Uh, Rudolph Balsers is one that I think is pretty good and, and a couple other guys, but um, it's fine. Who cares, you know? And mm-hmm. Thomas Grice, like... He should be, honestly, he should be serviceable. Like I'm telling you, if you, if you have Bennington and he plays 50 plus games and use Grace as the backup, that should be fine. It's just, I don't want to, I don't want to have to turn to him to be like the starter. This 36, 36 year old man from Germany. That's had a very up and down career. Great. I mean, he's looked, here's the thing. He's looked really good in front of good defenses. So yeah. if our defense turns into that, should be no problem. But if they're not, meh. and we, we won't turn. even get into the fact that the German Ice Hockey Federation has severed ties with Thomas Grice because he's a wild right Trump supporter and uh, possible neo-Nazi. Allegedly, <laughs> which, I'm which, telling you, folks. When that's another, I'm not going to thrown at you. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to call him a neo-Nazi, but he did have an a helmet that clearly had an SS insignia on it at one point, like that. But it I love the, the article I sent you was kind of like, well, you know, maybe it could, was a coincidence. I'm like, come on, guys, he's German. It was the fucking SS logo. He might not have meant it as an endorsement. Maybe it was just like a. Ooh, look how intimidating I can be, you know? Oh, no. Oh, no. The shit that gets hidden in Arizona, man. Um, do, do something else. Do, do something else. It's just, uh, it's it's not been a good day. David Braun is a Red Wing. I, when have you ever seen, to a player basically tweet, like, I didn't want to leave. Yeah, he was basically he was even like, asked, what was the deal? He was like, oh, you're going to have to ask the other guy that. You're going to have to ask freaking Doug Armstrong that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, why? Why are you being a fucking ass? Just sign the dude. Was it like, was it, did he want more here? There's no way he wanted more. I mean, right? Like, maybe. Maybe he wanted five. You know, maybe it was like five on the Blues. And he's like, oh, I'm not getting that. Red Wings only give me 4.7. You know, that's all I can do. But like, if that was the deal you could make, if it was four point seven five million for two years, I don't get it. I have zero idea why. I like, am almost certain he would have signed for less than four point seven five million here, which is the other thing about this. Again, he was scored twenty plus goals the last like four freaking years or whatever. Like what? He was, was three years deal? for three million. Like I, uh, I just don't like. I'm usually very on board with the don't let sentimentality, but it's not. That's the thing. It's not sentimentality because he's still a really fucking good player. Steve Eiserman thinks he's a really fucking good player. We don't usually say Steve Eiserman doesn't know anything about evaluating talent or building a hockey team. Steve Eiserman was happy to swoop him up and pay him nine million over the next two years. So, So like, I, I, I. I don't see how this team is better for next year or for the long-term future in any way with what they've done today. They got to do, they got to do surgery on that back end, man. I think that gets overlooked a lot. Like everybody, yeah, they need it. They need a friggin' hatchet. If, if, if Boston wants to do one more run and take Krug, you, you pay them to take him. And I like Tory Krug. I, yeah, don't even, I don't even think Tory Krug should be a casualty, but you just have to get money off of those books. 
you need Justin Falk, and I guess you have Nick Letty now, but you have to get, I would get, I would do anything I could to get Pareko out, to get Krug out, and to get Scandella out and just start fresh. I don't even care if you're, if you have no defense next season, you can't afford this. It's you're you've locked up like it, it just it's a Frankenstein team. You just committed. We haven't even really talked about. It. You just signed the centerpiece of the future of your team, but your team has no future <laughs> because you've constructed it in such a way that you committed to all the wrong guys on long aging contracts. Alex Petrangelo, get the fuck out of here. We don't need you. David Perron, get the fuck out of here. We don't need you. Jaden Schwartz, get the fuck out of here. We don't need you. Braden Shin, we need you forever. David Colton Pareko, we need you forever. Tori Krug, we're going to sign you forever. Like, I just, I, I really think Doug Armstrong's done a great job over the last decade, but we are in a very tenuous spot. And I don't see why people are just like, yeah, it's fine. Like we're not in a good spot for next year and we're in a worse spot long-term yeah. and people are good with that. And, and like again, this, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, this is me entertaining like a little bit of a slippery slope, but I, I think it's within the realm of possibility given what we've seen the last like two or three years with like negotiations and what's gone on. You, David Brown just left. That's Ryan O'Reilly's best bud, line mate, you know, peanut butter is jelly. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly's professional. He gets it. He understands. He's asked for a trade before. He's lost his love of the game, so he gets it. <laughs> but now, but now, he's you know he's in the final year of his contract now, and we go, oh well, that's gonna get done. That'll happen. I'll extend his ass. Get to you know the end of the season. Nothing's done yet. Mm-hmm. I'm playing a little hardball. You're like, oh, he can't do that to him. This is like our center. He's only 31. You got to keep him. You want a cup here. You can't, you can't, Ryan O'Reilly's not just going to leave. And then he fucking leaves. I, who knows? There's a whole year. There's a whole year. But like, I'm just saying, given Doug Armstrong's track record of playing hardball with like players that want to be here or deserve to be here or you would think would be long term blues. And, everyone, and people, I mean, shit, there's even fans like, well, we don't want to sign O'Reilly to a big deal, a long deal. I'm like, okay, man, what's the plan? Like, <laughs> at a certain point, you have to resign people. And I get we have Cairo to resign and stuff like that. But like, Thomas is already resigned. You resign Cairo. There's no, there's like no other like people, right? There really isn't. There's no more people on this team besides those two. Where I'm like, you've got to, you have to have them locked up. So they're locked up. So like at that point, you have to start re-signing people that you like, I don't know. You, like you just can't play hardball with everyone, I guess is what I'm thinking. Like he's going to try and play hardball with O'Reilly. And if he's gone, the same people that are like, well, we don't really need him will be like, oh, that's too bad. Or what happened? Like, I'm just saying it's a distinct possibility. We don't have to revisit it every episode or think about it or blah, blah, blah. But I'm just saying come this time next year, it's a possibility. And if that's the case, like, woof. Because then I think I'm more on your side where I'm like, I love Robert Thomas. I love Jordan Cairo. Who, who, who's the core? <laughs> like that, That's them. That's cool. You need more than two people to be a core. Chicago should be able to tell you that at this point. You need more than two. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, again, it's just Perron leaving, but it just, it leaves that taste in my mouth where it makes me think, what else? What other bullshit's gonna happen in the future now? Because 
it's possible. Yeah, I just, oh, wow. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I, everything you said is so accurate. And I, I, why, why would we assume Ryan O'Reilly is a foregone conclusion? Why would we assume that? David, our last two captains left for nothing. Not in the last three seasons, we lost major players for nothing. So why would we assume that and all the evidence suggests that he won't return? Mm-hmm. If you just, if you're just looking at the balance of the evidence, you can say, well, Ryan O'Reilly's a special case. We all thought that about David Perron. He's fucking gone. We all thought that about Alex Petrangelo. He's gone. Mm-hmm. And instead, Instead, we have Justin Falk and Colton Pareko and Braden Shen and Tori Krug, who are not as good as those players. Heart and soul of the team. And and look, I'm not saying we're not even right to have left out, let Alex Petrangelo go, or I'm saying we haven't made good decisions with whatever flexibility that afforded us. Hmm. And I, you know, I, want to believe that O'Reilly is different, that we couldn't possibly let O'Reilly go, that that we couldn't possibly let a guy who's clearly going to age that well as the leader of the team, as the captain of the team, is a Con Smythe and Selkie trophy winner here. We couldn't possibly let that guy go. But I thought all the same things about David Perron. I thought all the same things about David Perron until two days ago, until one day ago, even when the report started to started to break about like oh he's gonna test free agency i was like oh yeah he'll test it but like we'll find mm-hmm. a way we'll get tarasenko goudreau sign um, you know what's the what's the uh, stars guy when i heard um klingberg she was like already oh, like circling back with the stars a bit and this is before any of the Peron news came down i was like oh you know what i haven't heard Peron's name at all today i bet you here he comes he's coming back Mm-hmm. it's like it just yeah it seemed like you said before you on especially like with the triangle thing too i thought that was like for sure gonna happen even with all their like hemming and hawing i'm like oh it's far it's close who knows I'm like yeah it's gonna happen just saying there could be some big changes coming the other thing too is like i like i kind of shift to robert thomas i obviously really like that extension i mean eight years takes him till what he's like freaking 31 or whatever which mm-hmm. is crazy to think till like the the year 2030 which is 20 the 2030 2031 season which sounds like when we'll be playing ice hockey on mars mm-hmm. um with commissioner jonathan taylor thomas that's right <laughs> uh i i like that deal a lot and i mean folks that were like well that's a little that's a little too much money for him like bro this guy's Dude. like a point per game player and he's your and he's a center and he's young and he's that like deal, all his analytics are like fantastic. That deal fucking rocks. I, that's I it's funny because like I forgot how happy I was about that this morning. We stole that dude. That deal's gonna look so good in three or four years. Mm-hmm. We bought out we we bought out the best years of his prime for well under what you know, league average is going to be for that position three or four years down the line. Hmm. And he's one of the best young centers in the game. He is, he is elite or close to it. And it rocks to have him, but it, it sucks that I can't really feel great about that. Cause I don't really feel like we have a bright future right now. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just, you know, everybody, I really think Matthew Kachuk to St. Louis is a huge possibility. 
I mean, I think it, I think he wants to be here. I think we obviously would want him here. Um, but even that, it doesn't seem like, you know, it's like if, if we had this big hole in our salary cap and, um, you know, wanted and had space to bring him in now, or even next year, it was like, we, we cleared long-term cap room, <clears throat> I not signing Nick Weddy or trading Marco Scandella or buying him out. Like I'd have a little more confidence, but like, Oh yeah. That's, that's the thing. I People the talk thing... about all that cap room that could be coming up. And I'm like, dude, just insert Jordan Cairo for uh, Tarasenko. Like, yeah, that's just what, that's where the money will go. And then you have whatever O'Reilly is going to make or won't make. And that's, that's your space. And like everybody, the, the problem with that is like, everybody is like, Doug has to have something up his sleeve. And I just, my question is like, what if he just doesn't guys? What if it's not, what if Matthew Kachuk does resign with Calgary? Like, I think he doesn't want to, I think he will walk to free agency and do just like Goudreau did and get the hell out of there. But what if he doesn't, what if they offer him 11 million a season to just please don't leave, you know, like, mm-hmm. A lot of things could happen. A lot of things could happen that would prevent him from becoming a blue. And you know, you can't you can't play poker like that. Doug Armstrong can't be sitting here thinking, you know, unless unless he's talked to Kachuk's agent, and and they're just like, we will do anything to make sure that at least we can't obviously force the Flames to do anything this year, but like. There is no way that he's not hitting unrestricted free agency in 2022-23 and signing with the Blues. But no agent would ever say that because that mm. would be dumb. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so like there's it just maybe there's another domino to fall, but are people really this okay if there isn't? And even if we're waiting, even if we think we'll get Kachuk and we're just waiting until next year to do it. Are people really okay with that? Like, do you really feel good about that? Or are you just kind of being like, you know, you just feel like you're supposed to be calm and be emotionless and that's what you're doing, you know? Um, That's what I mean. Is like, is anyone that like, is anyone that excited about all? Like, I don't understand how you could be, to be honest. I get that there's, you know, Kairu's fun to watch, Thomas and what like there, there's people that can score, Bushnevich can score, Sonic can score. We're nasty, you know? yeah. All, I, I get that that's great. But like, yeah, are you like, man, this is a this team's like going places next year. Like this is an obvious like cup contender. This is definitely like a big that. We're we're in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs. There you go. I give you that 100 percent Sure. But like, like probably just, I'm just tired. I know we just won the cup, but we didn't really or whatever, you know, three years ago, but like, I know it's in recent memory, but like, I want us to push for that again. And I feel like now we're just like, well, I get, you can't push every single year, but I feel like we have pieces where if you built, you added some stuff around them and, and made a, you know, an actual effort, we could, but it seems like we're more like, well, the abs are here. Right. So what the fuck are we going to do? So let's just, well, you know, we'll test our luck. We'll run it back. We'll just see what happens. And it's like, that's just so yuck to me, I yeah. guess. It's just like, and again, and to your point with the Armstrong, like where people are like, he's got to have something in the back pocket. I'm like, dude, what would it, what would it even be? 
other than like a Kachuk thing. Like, what would it be? And I get people yeah. like, oh, well, we didn't see Bushnevich and blah, blah, blah. People will say you didn't see O'Reilly too. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure we were like, I don't know if we That's were That's just linked. a lie. That's just Yeah, I don't true. know if we, we were all linked because like everyone talked about it, but there was definitely. No, like, like everyone talked about it. Yeah. It was us or Montreal. That's just a, I mean, that's just a it rewriting was, of history. It was we fun. Knew. It was exciting. It was, it felt out of the blue. It was late, there was, late at night. Cool. But like, it wasn't this thing where people were like, I can't even, why did this even I, happen? I think there was that thing of like his, his bonus was due on July 1st. Mm-hmm. And so like that was part of it was like once july 1st hit people thought oh i guess he's not being traded and so that's why it felt like more of a shock that night but like up until then everybody knew we were in on there was no question it was no surprise like that o'reilly trade was the best thing to happen to the blues and it also ruined blues fans because yeah i feel like that is like now like well he did it so he could do it again and i'm like he could again i i had still have faith in armstrong that he like isn't going to tank this team or anything. And like, Mm. I think he's trying to do whatever he can sort of kind of, but like, I just feel like he's, he's lost a little creativity and I feel like he's, it's just a running and back scenario. And then again, he's looking at the whole, like, well, we can't sign Perron because, you know, we're going to have to sign some other people in a couple of years. And again, I still think like, you still have room, you have room. Like, I don't, I don't know. You have room and you wouldn't even sign them for that long. So like the Sharks just moved the Brent Burns contract. You can move any contract. You can certainly get somebody to take Marco friggin' Scandella and get that 3.25 million. I don't I don't understand why Tarasenko is still here. I I assumed. I mean, and you know, we could still be, but like it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, now we have to keep him because we can't lose his and Perron's production. And it's like, then Perron's the one you should have kept because he does not want to be here after next season. So now you're on pace to lose both of them for free. And maybe you do a Tarasenko you know, trade and then you go out and get somebody else. But that's a lot of moving pieces to still be having out there. And it's contrary to what everybody believes, the hockey season pretty the hockey off season is pretty much done already. Mm-hmm. Of course there will be more trades. There will be little moves here and there that trickle in. But the draft and free agency day are the big days to make moves because other teams make cap commitments that they can't get out of, you know, and teams that had cap space don't have it anymore. And teams that wanted players filled those needs already. So like, I think Tarasenko is a unique case where now, like, because of, and we haven't even talked about any other teams yet, which I suppose we should probably do for a while, but like, because of, where Goodrell landed now there's at least two teams that are like oh holy crap we didn't get the guy we desperately needed and there's only one Tarasenko and there's only one JT Miller and like you know those are probably teams that want both of those guys but like then it's like again like I really want Tarasenko traded not because I don't love him but because you can't afford him past next year and he doesn't want to stay even if you could but like you trade him then you have to make another and it's, it's just like a repeating cycle, you know? So like, I just, I guess we'll, I guess we can push pause on the blues and talk about it more next time we're together. Cause you know, we'll either know that something's happened by then, or we will know that nothing has happened and can kind of safely assume that nothing's going to happen by that point. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like the people out here, 
that think like there's some move in the back pocket. Like as much as the Blues run a tight ship, like it's not as tight as we like to pretend. The Buchnevich thing, like we weren't super linked to him, but we were linked a little bit, and like everybody knew Buchnevich was moving. You know, and like th- there aren't players out there right now that you're like, oh, they are for sure being moved, and the Blues are a great fit for them. You know, so like I just don't, I don't get. I don't get the the certainty there that something's going to happen, but we'll see. I guess we'll see, you know, be positive. We've been negative for a long time. Be positive. <laughs> Nolachari will score 79 goals for this team. Um, That's right. That's right. Uh, but um anyway, yeah. So that's the blues. Any more, any more you want to say about the blues? Oh, yes, we did talk about it all either although it's obviously everyone is well aware at this point that we traded like this is rights to the red wings and that they yeah. uh, signed them you know good, good for that. them i did mention that on our uh, on our bonus pod that i did solo yesterday that rocks that's great asset management you know i'll um, be interested in the detroit red wings i'll be interested in them and the senators and the atlantic you know i do think the contract villa huso got is absurd. Oh yeah, uh, for a guy with three years of Secure experience. Secure your bag, but yeah, grab your bag. Good for him. I mean, it rocks for him. But a tiny bit of business done by uh, Steve Eiserman, you know. That's right, baby. Everyone today was doing some tidy business. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As uh, except for as, Chuck Fletcher, who does a fucking mess. Oh my god, what Just a pisses and shits himself. Human with business. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> Um, Scott Mellonby also joining the Blues organization, GM and waiting. I said it. Um, no, I mean that that rocks. He's he's been a respected executive and talked about for a lot of uh, uh, possible GM roles, including I believe he was one of the finalists for the Sharks role, which is probably mm-hmm. why he was still uh, looking for a job so late in the uh, off season. I would rather have Scott Mellonby making decisions than Peter Chiarelli, who seems to have been making the decisions today. So. Right. I blame that, I'm sure. Um, Duncan Keith retires as well. Uh, three Good cups, riddance. I believe, right? With the Black Cups. Yeah. Um, considered one of the greatest defensemen of all time. He's not. Uh, and it is absurd that people are saying that. But, you know, talked about as as certainly up there amongst his generation, um, but not one of the greatest defensemen of all time. That's patently insane, but whatever, you know, however people want to talk about him. It's, it's, it's funny because Duncan Keith doesn't want to talk. Like when people are being sexually assaulted, he doesn't want to talk at all about that at all, like ever. Um, But it is, um, it's good to know other people will talk about him. You know, because uh, what I would say about Duncan Keith's career is the past is the past. Um, and I don't want to address that. Any he does not. He does not want to wakey wakey. That's right. He is a real D1K as they once had on his uh, 1000 game ceremony. That's right. So, um, you know, all the best in his future. I don't actually really wish him any ill, but, uh, you know, I'm also not on the greatest of all time bandwagon either um r2 pact r2 pact exactly uh let us travel through free agent frenzy a little bit and talk about the insane 
moves and less insane moves. I should have ordered this by team, but I didn't. I ordered this by time. Yeah, I mean, that works too. Uh, I think um, the most hilarious thing that happened probably of all of free agency is that the after it all, after everything, the penguins are just the penguins again. Um, That's the funniest part to me. Uh, I, I I tire so much of the whole, like, I don't know, like since day one of the postseason start, or I guess day one of the Penguins being eliminated, there was like, I don't know how they're going to keep these three. They'll talk about it too. Like, it's like, they'll talk about it. I hate this so much. I hate this so much because they do it with the lightning. They will talk about it. They being the media, uh-huh. like it's literally impossible. Yeah. It cannot be done and that's my <laughs> fault for not going and, and going on cap friendly and figuring out like oh actually it can be but they're always like they can't keep all three yeah they can't it's not gonna happen can't do it like i don't know what they'll do that's got tough decisions because you can't have all three of them and they didn't and it's yeah <laughs> and i'm like did they move anyone well no I'm like, well, then what was the big fucking deal? No, in fact, they actually signed another expensive winger. Yeah, they fucking signed, the minute they signed Raquel, I was like, well, I guess they really, I can't sign those people. Like, no, we can't, we did it. I'm like, we did it. It was a big deal. I get it's because maybe they're like, well, Malkin's really looking for $9 million. I feel like they go with one dude's fucking weird quote. Like, well, some, you know, Elliot's like, I've had a source and I told, you know, I said it was going to be 7.5 million. But uh, he said, someone reached out to me and he said, don't do that. Don't go with that. I love that people reach out to Elliot and are like, dude, if you say what you're, I think you're going to say, you will die. Someone will be at your door and shoot you. He'll be like, and he told me, I said Zadorov to, to Philly. And this guy said, I wouldn't, I would not run with that. I would not speak about that. <laughs> I'm just like, what's, ha- what's happening? It's like fucking Tony Soprano showing up at his fucking door. I'm like, did you just say, did you just say they couldn't afford Evgeny Malkin? Because I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be spreading those lies, Elliot, and redact yeah. that tweet. That is, uh, that is hilarious. The way they talk in general on Thirty Two Thoughts. Um, I do love. I will say, I do love the memory of. Uh, Sidney Crosby showing up in the 11th hour yeah, and just saying, true. you're actually not going to leave. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were just kidding before, but actually I'm Sidney Crosby and you're not going anywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> I respect that. And the memes about that's it true. have been really fun. I will I mean, that's an awesome captain right there. But I don't know that keeping Malkin actually is the best thing for them, but you know, it is kind of awesome to see the band together and finish it out the right way. Um, right. So, you know, good for all of them. I do uh, feel like it's easier as as not Penguins fans say, but I, I admire the fact that they're like, you know what, fuck it. We're just going to go down with the ship. If we all suck ass, then we suck ass, but we're doing it together and like everyone can have fun because we're still here and we'll all retire here and like whatever. Yeah. Like, cool. I'm down with that, honestly, especially yeah. a team like And they the didn't Penguins harm is, their long-term yeah. future. Right. In any way, because they're going to need a major rebuild the post Crosby era anyway. And like today, they would have lost two of these guys for free. So it's not like they're giving up assets that they could add. You know? Exactly. So, it's like just ride this a little bit longer and then you're just pushing out your rebuild a little longer. But who cares? Like, who yeah. cares? It's not like you were going to get Bedard next year. The Blackhawks are already doing that. We'll talk about them. Good uh, job. Fle- Good job, Rob. Fle- 
Yeah. Flurry stays with the uh, Wild. Um, there was a little bit of buzz about him possibly leaving, but I think this always made the most sense. Um, Bill Guerin's comments about Cam Talvik, care to, care to say anything about those? <laughs> Bill Guerin uh, lost I think his the, mind. <laughs> I think the nice way of putting it is he's a straight shooter. Yeah. Um, I think that's what people say when someone's a fucking asshole. Um, yeah, I mean, he pretty much was like, Cam Talbot's representation, his agent was like, oh, well, Bill Guerin or, you know, the Wild have a lot of thinking to do with what they want to do with, like, my client. And then Bill Guerin was like, I don't have any thinking to do. I ain't got to think about shit. Like, he's to on be our fair, team. I think he said, yeah, I don't have shit to do. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's like, yeah, I don't have shit to do. Cam Talbot's under contract on our team and, then we'll, you know, we'll play him when he's going to play as many games as we need him to play. And then, of um, course, they probably traded him. Yeah, they traded his ass. Uh, Philip Forsberg stays. Not a surprise. Another situation we talked about, like it was ever going to be any different. And For the exact amount of money everyone predicted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Philip Forsberg, 8 by 8.5. Wow, it's less than Roman Yossi and more than everyone else. Who could have thought? <laughs> um the Avalanche get Alexander Georgiev and then give him a three-year three-year contract with a three-point-four million AAV. Uh, I think Georgiev is at least as good and maybe better than Kemper, so that's disgusting. Uh, they kept the Larry Nichushkin though, eight years, six point one three million. Like, man, people love this guy, but wow, that is a commitment. Um, eight years. Yeah, six point one three. I'm like, that's a lot, but okay, he's better, and it's the little cup bump, I guess. But eight years. I have that thing of like, we're talking about like, oh well, the cap ceiling will go up a lot once it's finally going up at all, and I'm like, yeah, but it's gonna need to for all these big <laughs> contracts, you know? Like, we can't talk about how little money that the teams have made in COVID, and then be like, oh, but we're giving Valeri Natushkin six point one three for eight years. Uh, we already mentioned Raquel, six years, $5 million per to stay in uh, Pittsburgh. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I guess Crosby wanted it. Um, and Malkin in the 11th hour with the four-year $6.1 million contract. Um, good for him. Evander Kane staying in the only city that would have him. Um, $5 million per season. I mean, he, he was freaking great there. What am I going to say? Right. He is a shitty, shitty, shitty human being. <laughs> Isn't there still like, couldn't he still somehow like end up with San Jose or something? Oh yeah. Right? That's also like, he may legally not be allowed to be a free agent, which is also, <laughs> I, love I just love the league. And then somebody, I don't remember if it was, uh, I think it was uh, maybe puck soup or something but somebody was like oh yeah the reason they can't decide it is because the arbitrator's been on vacation and it's like you couldn't find another arbitrator <laughs> or figure I, something I swear they out. said they have like one i'm like you yeah one? you're the you just got the one have some self-respect uh the abs bring back darren helm who didn't retire 1.25 million locker room guy i'm sure because that's the kind of thing you say about somebody when they, um, you know, what's the word? Aren't good. <laughs> um, the Avalanche also shockingly re-signing Josh Manson, which I think pretty much nobody saw coming. 
right. but he fit in really well there at the deadline after the deadline and got a 4.5 million dollar payday good for him well that's per per year so 18 million dollar payday victor olafson signs to stay in buffalo jack campbell the big ticket as uh Jeff Merrick would say, and I would hate him for five years, 25 million in Edmonton. Uh, weird how we all knew Jack Campbell was going to Edmonton weeks ago and yet right. he's definitely not tampering in this league. It's no kind of interesting how that happens, right? Sources um, say. <laughs> Clojure, man, the Sins are an absolute wagon going to his hometown of Ottawa. They have done so much this year. Uh, all credit and respect to Pierre Dorian, who made it through some lean years answering to Eugene Melnick and took a lot of shit and now looks to be a truly, really good GM. <laughs> like, uh, it's Cuffs funny because, like, two years ago, if you were like, um, yeah, the Blues fired Doug Armstrong, but don't worry, Pierre Dorian's being hired. I would have been like, oh, no, we're going to die. And now I'm like, all right, you know, sweet, Pierre Dorian. I can get behind that. Um we did not get to talk, Ian, about the schadenfreude that is Matt Murray being the answer in goal for the oh, Toronto right. Police. Any thoughts about that? Um, I mean, when you take a test, you may answer a question with anything, and that can be your answer. It doesn't make it the right answer, That's but that right. can be your answer. Um, I, you know, honestly, the more I think about it, I could see Matt Murray possibly working there but that's still me massaging it that's me doing the Mikeyo massage of like the news happening and then being like this is terrible and then being like you know what i'm gonna do some cartwheels with my brain and be like this actually might not be so bad if x y z a b c d e and f happen um so that i mean good job kyle Kyle, this is it for you, I think. I think this is the one. I think this is, if Matt Murray works out, you get to still be the GM of the Leafs. If Matt Murray doesn't work out, you're out of a job. Like, I, I can't imagine they keep him around if this, if this is like a fireball. One thing I, I hate about stuff like this, too, is they're like, well, if Matt Murray works out, Kyle Dubas is a genius. No. If Matt Murray works out, Kyle Dubas is insanely lucky. That's mm-hmm. all he is. He's not a friggin' genius. He's fr- he friggin' putting his hopes and dreams on a guy that sucked for three years. Like <laughs> a guy the senators thought, you know what? We can't even be bothered to try and play you. The senators. I mean, I got they are a wagon this year, but the senators. Um, they the uh, the Leafs did make a move that uh, I hated because it, I made them feel made me feel better about their goaltending situation. Signing Ilya Samsonov or mm. Samsonov to a one point eight million dollar one year deal. Uh, he's still got a lot of upside. It'd be interesting to see how he can do as their backup, but that's gross. Um, Curtis Lazar, who cares? Vinny Trocheck, seven years to go to the. Rangers. I love Vinny Trocek, and this is still insane. 5.6 million. So, you know, probably bring down the AAV a fair amount with seven years, but wild, still mm. wild. Um, it feels like and, a that feels like a David Backus or like um Andrew Ladd sort of signing for yeah. like 2016, where I'm like, sure, the back half's gonna be awful, but sure. 
Yeah, uh, Andrew Ladd, or sorry, Andrew Cop. you just said Andrew Ladd, same AAV to leave uh, New York and head to his hometown team, the Detroit Red Wings, who are also a wagon this season. Uh, Abe Kubel dropped the cup and dropped his uh, dignity to sign with the <laughs> Leafs. I didn't have anything there. Olimata to the Red Wings. Ilya Labushkin from Detroit to uh, the Savers. Good for them. Max Domi, $3 million a year to play for the Blackhawks because someone has to play for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Andreas Athanasiu, $3 million a year to play for the Blackhawks because someone has to play for the Blackhawks. Uya Mikheyev got 4.75 a season. I had not seen that yet. That's nuts. Playing for the playing for the Maple Leafs will get you paid, man. Mm. That is bonkers. Um, Yara Halak signed one year, 1.55 with the Rangers. That would have been a nice veteran backup to have. Maybe mm. he did. Maybe he really hates the Blues and didn't. Oh play. yeah, I'll give him that. Sure. But like. Other than that, that would have been nice. Uh, Frank Vetrano. <laughs> Sorry decent, for trading you for Ryan Miller. That's right. Decent deal with the Ducks. Brett Kulak, a long deal with the Oilers. Then the Lightning just get, went ham in the middle of the day. Eight-year deals for Sergachev at 8.5, Sorelli at 6.2, and Cernak at 5.2, uh, locking up you know, kind of all of the big question marks about their core for the long-term future. Uh, I wouldn't have probably committed to Sergachev for that long with some of the questions about him. But, excuse me, I think if they uh, if they decide he isn't the answer, they can probably trade him, you know, right. so whatever. No Andre Pallant, I guess he is. I don't think he's signed anywhere to that, so yeah. he's still out there. He's one of the fish. Him and Kadri both still out there. So see, there are moves the Blues can't afford to make, but hypothetically could. Uh, Dustin Tikarski to the Penguins, Eric Comrie to the Sabres, Brendan Lemieux to the uh, Kings. Didn't he punch someone back, sometime? Back to the Kings. He um, bit someone. He oh, yeah. bit yeah. Uh, Brady. Yeah, that's right. Um very nice. Darcy Kemper, who we also all knew was going to be a capital, even though he was only allowed to talk to them at noon today, five years, <laughs> 5.25 million, becoming very slightly the highest paid goalie of this free agent class. Man's won a cup. So, you know, good for him to get that payday. The milkman finally makes his bag. Um, he's going to be pretty old when that contract <laughs> Ian Cole, um, looking for a new home in hockey and probably in his uh, personal life uh, <laughs> signing with the lightning for three I knew there's a reason we traded him for Bortuzzo. Yeah, that's right. Bortuzzo would never. Bortuzzo spends his Saturdays at Nathaniel Reeves, not at some Bortuzzo could never house. cheat on his wife because he'd never be married. That's right. <laughs> exactly. He's out there for the kill. That's right. You, you can't tie Robert Bortuzzo down. Nobody can. Uh, Charlie Lindgren, as we said, three years, uh, a 1.1 million AAV, but three years for the Capitals. Good for him. The man made five starts. Um, Brendan Smith, two years, Mason Marchment, four for 4.5 for real for the Stars, man. Be it, be it, be a Maple Leaf for even six seconds and see what it'll do for your career. Um, he was a former Maple Leaf, right? I remember. I so. that. Uh, Colin Blackwell, because there's another former maple for the blackhawks 
he also didn't get paid as much, but you know, Oscar Limblom, nice to see him land out on his feet after being uh, fairly inexplicably bought out by the Flyers, who are the worst run organization in hockey, maybe the second before the Blackhawks, which I feel like is how we should close this podcast by Sean Freuding about them. <laughs> good, good Branson four by four to the, uh, Blue Jackets, Jan Ruda, 3 by 2.75 to the Penguins, Ben Sherratt, 4 by 4.7, top five, insane, uh, to the Red Wings, Eric Gustafsson, one year to the Capitals, Andre Burakovsky, five years, 5.5 million to the Seattle Kraken, who had a terrific draft, but don't have a terrific team yet. Um, maybe he's the thing that made Philip Grubauer good. Uh, and that's their logic <laughs> there. You know, they're like, that's we got Donskoy and Grubauer and they both sucked for us. So what if we added another former uh, Avalanche player for too much money? You know, like they're gonna go get going to uh, go. Exactly. Mark Stahl uh, and Eric Stahl. I didn't see that. Both signed to uh, the Panthers. So that's very cool. Where did Eric Stahl play last year? He didn't, I don't think. He was he was on Minnesota before, right? Right. So he, yeah, he skipped a season. Which did Achari do that, or was he just hurt? Because he didn't have like a player card for last year. Yeah, what the heck? 2020 to 21, nothing. Oh, Achari played 20 games in the NHL last season. Well, that's promising. Glad we locked that guy down. Um Dave Riddick, big save Dave is going to have to find a bicycle because he can't fly to Winnipeg. I don't know what I was doing. Dominic Kubalik, Dominic Kubalik, and David Perron each time for two years with the Red Wings. Nicholas Delorier, you couldn't afford, um, you couldn't afford Johnny Goudreau, but you had to come you had to commit 3.5 million to the combination of Justin Braun and Nicholas Delorier. You just had to. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin job, Miller. Chuck to the stars, Riley Smith back to the Golden Knights. I don't understand them getting rid of everyone for cap reasons and then keeping Riley Smith for 5 million a year. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but okay. Uh, Nikita Zadorov to the um, Flames. We don't even have, he stays with the Flames. We don't even have some of the trades on here. Um, Yeah, I was listening to to the Sharks uh, or going to the um, Hurricanes, which I actually think kind of makes sense for both teams. Mm-hmm. He kind of fits that Hurricane style um, and is a big locker room guy and has a lot of that playoff experience. And he's a lot more tolerable at $6 million or whatever he's at now, but definitely a, a legit move by Mike Greer to get him off the books. Yeah. Uh, do you well, have other um, trades in front of you? I know same. I know we skipped Goudreau. I'm saving him for last. Oh, no, yeah. We have Pavel um, Zaka to the Bruins uh, in exchange for oh, Arakala yeah. to the Devils. That's a, that's a middle six swapping. Mm-hmm. Then uh, You Cam love to Talbot. swap the middle six. You love it. Uh, then Cam Talbot from the Minnesota Wild to the Senators in exchange oh, yeah. for Philip Gustafson. He didn't have shit to think about except, you know, trading the guy that was <laughs> to trick. <laughs> And then, yeah, then Bill Guerin will do this. I will not do this. And then Bill Guerin does. (laughs) Um, What was it? Yeah, Max Patrick went to who? The Hurricanes? Hurricanes for nothing. For for nothing. 
because yeah, because they had to. And so wait, what was piece. what was the trades? The trades were like, what's the trade tree basically where they had to trade Nick Suzuki? Yeah, yeah. To uh, the Canadians for Max Pacioretty, Nick Suzuki and pieces, but I, you know Suzuki the big piece yeah. and Pacioretty for nothing. So that's an interesting. And then didn't they do Tatar for like two for like two big picks, two early picks, two first, like I think, or first or they trade them for like nothing, like uh-huh. yep. Flurry gone for nothing, like just great asset management down there in freaking Vegas. Like well done. Yeah. Yeah, correct. It's been really good. What a what a trash fire team. And they're still going to be yes. really good this year, but I can't like you, as much you as You asked for this, Alex. You asked for this. This is what as, you wanted. As much as they're a destination, dude, that guy's not finishing his contract there. Not a chance. Uh, as much as they're a destination just because of the city and the taxes and all that stuff, like I can't imagine a lot of players wanting to go there right now, the way they treat players you know they have screwed over all their goalies they've traded a lot of very good players in and out like you know reusable commodities basically like i just i don't know it's been bad um any any other trades or are we good to talk about goodrow and then the blackhawks we good okay so johnny goodrow left the flames he wants to be closer to home uh home is new jersey he very outspokenly wanted to be part of the philadelphia flyers so naturally he is now a columbus blue jacket um big big win for wwe's alexa bliss uh she's a a huge columbus blue jackets fan so you know big day in the bliss uh household and ryan cabrera or whoever she just married um no like i'm so stoked for columbus it doesn't make any sense on any level for for anyone at any perspective or any position i don't get this at all but like this rocks for columbus and i'm really happy for them they needed they've needed a franchise win for a long time um and this is dope for them and that it makes me happy to see them get something nice uh and you know i i like columbus i like goodrow so you know i it would have sucked for him to go to like a a nashville or something you know where i had to cheer against him or or whoever so I mean, it's so shocking and so crazy, uh, but um, it kind of it, it's kind of sick, I think. Oh yeah, no, it's awesome. It's definitely not something anyone thought was going to happen. I mean, there's some young players on that team that could be fun coming up that we could surround uh, Goudreau with. And I mean, he's only 28; he's not old. He's going to be there till he's 36, pending any sort of other trades with him, and like. It's just, yeah, like you said, it's cool to see a small market team, at least when it comes to hockey, like land something big. And the fact mm-hmm. that pretty much everyone that's they've ever had that's any good, aside from maybe Rick Nash, has like wanted to leave. And I mean, even he left eventually. But like, you actually have a premier free agent that's like, yeah, I want to sign here. It's still kind of mind-boggling. Like, I'm glad he's there. I think it's cool. I hope they are good this year, hopefully the playoffs. I really hope Columbus does well and like 
they're kind of like on somewhere in the rebuild and like I just I hope they do really well I have nothing against them from a just trying to understand it from Goudreau's perspective I don't get this at all <laughs> like I don't understand at all because like I said I hoped all these things for for Columbus because I I have to hope them because they don't seem like something that is <laughs> bound to happen yeah like I I look at that team like yeah that's they seem fine they have a lot of guys on there that quite honestly I don't know that much about um because they're all younger guys I mean they literally have like Cole Sillinger Kent Johnson Igor Chinnikov that are all there and like 21 and, and younger they've got Jack Rosovic they've I got think Bjorkstrand uh, Nyquist Voracek Sean Corrales there okay um, it's just it's just kind of like a really weird mishmash and it could be fun but like when you had New Jersey who has um Hughes and then the other Hughes coming up um, has Heischer, has um, Hamilton. Like you had guys on that team where it's like, okay, yeah, this could be, this could actually like click really well. And it's like, so you didn't go there. Obviously, I get why you wouldn't want to go to Philly. Um, you didn't stay in Calgary, even though they offered you more money. And again, I get it. He says it's like a family thing or whatever, but it's still kind of like, but then he didn't go to the place that this family. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, just stay, just stay there. Man, if I was, I don't know what Calgary has coming down the pipeline, but if I'm a Calgary fan, I'm just like, I don't hate you, Johnny, but what the fuck? Like, yeah. I'm just yeah, like, it's really such a gaping hole to me for them. Cause that's the other thing too. People are like, I don't think anyone in Calgary feels this way, but I've seen like fans outside of Calgary being like, well, you know, they got still pretty compelling top nine and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, the guy had 115 points mm. and he's not on your team anymore. Like, that's just, that's, that's huge. That's yeah. fucking huge. Yeah, Calgary is not a contender anymore. I mean, they're just not. It just, like, seriously, like, I get he's not, I get he's not um, Connor McDavid. And I get that on the, on the Connor McDavid team, they have Leon Dreisaitl. But imagine just pulling Connor McDavid off, off there and being like, <laughs> well, the Oilers are still pretty good. And be like, no, they're not. Yeah. They're not very good at all. I get it. They have Kachat, they got Limbaugh and stuff, but like Goudreau like drove Well, play. just imagine. Like, I just don't, it's, I'm sorry, Calgary. I feel bad. I really do feel bad for Calgary. Imagine pulling the best player off any team. Like imagine yeah. pulling Sean Couturier off Philly or um, Artemi Panarin off the Rangers. That's a pretty good comp, comp you know, yeah. comparison. Like, or Mika's advantage ad. Like those guys are all not, Connor David tier, but like in that next tier of star, and like hmm. none of those no, teams will be just fine without them, you know. So um great for Columbus, uh head scratching for Johnny and devastating for Calgary. And speaking of devastation, Ian, the Chicago <laughs> Blackhawks are doing the most shameful tank job I've ever seen in my life uh it's so bad that mark lazarus wrote like a whole article just trashing the franchise for um their decision to tank in this brazen disgusting manner mark lazarus who you know hasn't been shy about criticizing blackhawks but is a blackhawks reporter uh tearing them to shreds uh what you know 
tanking for Bedard is gross uh, and hilarious considering, you know, Gary Bettman said a couple years ago, he doesn't believe there's tanking in the NHL. So that's, you know, always <laughs> just hilarious as hell when something like this happens, but like um, they've done it so badly, which is the part I don't get. Right. They, first of all, I don't, I don't know why, Alex DeBrincat and Kirby Doc can't be part of your future. But if you've decided that they can't, you have to get so much more for Alex DeBrincat. You didn't even get a prospect, one of Senator's many young, terrific prospects. You didn't get any of those for Alex yeah, DeBrincat. That's mind boggling. You got a couple picks in a really bad draft and the best pick you got was seventh overall. And then you went way off the board with your pick. And then, you know, doc for the 13th is like, okay, maybe that's not bad value for him, but like you're giving up on a guy awfully early seems to me. Um, A young dude that's like 22. Yeah. And then Kane and Taves are still there, which I realize they're literally trying to force them to waive their no move clause, clauses and leave. But, you know, now that becomes more complicated with the salary cap situation and teams filling out space. And then the one that just, I, I completely mind-numbingly stupid to me, maybe even more than the Brinkat thing, is not qualifying Dylan Strom. So you just lose him for nothing. You can't, you could have got, you can't tell me you couldn't have gotten at least a second round pick for that dude for free. You have, you have nothing else to do, but just qualify him and trade him. And they didn't. That's, I, I, as I said, I don't understand it. I do understand they're obviously like going for the super tank, but it's just like, like you said, you can keep these guys around and you already weren't that great with them. And you can hope that they're doing, they do a little better and develop this year and still be bad and still be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Like, I don't understand why, like you're literally trying not to win and you had to go out and sign like three dudes today because you had nobody, you had to sign those three. You had to, you had mm-hmm. to get um, freaking Domi and Aunt Masiu and, Blackwell like you had to have them because if you didn't you wouldn't be able to ice a team you don't have a sixth defenseman right now according to cap friendly like on your NHL roster like you might have some HL guys you can call up or whatever but like no one of note like you have 10 million dollars in cap space you have um, most of these dudes are going to be for their contracts or they're up next year like you said King and Taves uh, in the CU and Domi, they signed this year. And then, like, all of your forwards the year after, all of them are RFAs or UFAs. Um, your defense is Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, Riley Stillman, Alex Vlasic, who I've never heard of, some 21 year old meat. You mean Mark um, Andre, Mark Edward Vlasic, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, and Caleb Jones. Like, Peter Razzik, Alex Caleb Stalock. Jones, baby. I, I think, yeah, the thing with that Lazarus is pointing out too is like, if I'm a Blackhawks fan, I'm like, okay, tank and go get me Connor Bedard, but like, I don't, I'm not going to watch. Like, why would I watch? This isn't even like a fun plucky team where it's like, ah, eh, we'll see what happens. We'll lose, but it'll be fun. This is not going to be fun. They're going to suck ass. 
I mean, it'll be fun for Blues fans or whatever, but like if I'm a Blackhawks fan, I'm like, I'm not watching this. I'm not going to watch this. And if you don't get Connor Bedard, I'm fucking pissed. You can't even guarantee me that because it's a fucking lottery. Like, yeah, that's the they're thing. tanking that's as like, if like we can, we will get him if we finish. Well, last. the thing is, they can guarantee it because they're the well, Blackhawks. That's, that's and, true. And that's true. NHL will fix the lottery for them, and we all know that. But like, I mean, it's that true, is a like, wild gamble to take. I mean, this has to be a top five. Top five got to be like top five market for you, and they're openly tanking. Like, I guess, I guess the only, hard. the only um, kind of excuse you can make is like that Maltsev guy or whoever number two is is supposed to be like, it's kind of like that Ico McDavid year where like he's probably would have been the first, he would have definitely been the first overall pick in like any of the last four or five drafts and just happens to be not Connor Bedard, you know, mm-hmm. so like. You can at least comfort yourself that there are two guys, but what if you get the third or fourth pick, you know, like, and you've done all this. It just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm sure the league will take care of them, but they really have done a bad job, even if they're trying to rebuild, you know, that's what right. I don't get about it. Uh, um, Aaron Portsline, sorry, says Johnny Goudreau had this quote. He said, I've never been to Columbus before until I made it to the NHL. So when I started playing there, I didn't know what I was walking into. And I was just, wow. But it was more than that. I played in the worlds of Zach Lorinsky. I've known Eric Robinson, who I don't know who that is, for like 15 <laughs> to 20 years. And some former Coach, guys. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Some former guys like Cam Atkinson and Dalton Prout. Those guys were just like, you're going to absolutely love this place. Well, Two dudes that are gone. <laughs> okay, whatever. I just, I don't oh, want to. Eric Robinson is a winger for them who played who's from new jersey i guess i don't want to rip on columbus too hard as a city because like they are essentially like st louis minus the arch like it's just you know we're not we're not really like above them um mm-hmm. maybe you can say like hockey culture and, and all this other stuff but like in terms of just like what you are as a city um but at the same time i find it like I would find it funny if someone described St. Louis like that. They're like, I went to St. Louis. I was like, wow, unbelievable. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you have to mean in a bad way. <laughs> wow. I can't believe the shithole has like, <laughs> parks and stuff you can go to. No way. Um, it's just, I, I don't understand. You know what? Columbus has have a great personality. I'm sure Columbus is a fantastic personality or, you know, just a big, just a big dom. <laughs> this, this is like when you see, um, when you see freaking, I don't know, I can't name it, name one Hollywood starlet with uh, freaking what's his face from SNL. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Pete Davidson. And, you're, and you're like, it's gotta be a massive dom. <laughs> Yeah, because sure. they're like he's great, and I'm like I'm just, and he's funny too. That's great, but I'm like, what's happening? Good for you. Good for it. just like Columbus. Good for you, Johnny. I love it. I love it. It don't make no sense, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, Columbus is the Pete Davidson of, of hockey. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yeah, it's, it's great. It's crazy. Um, I did want to mention the Robert Thomas from the moment I got to St. Louis. It's been a second home to me every year that's gone by. I've loved playing for the boys more and more. I mean, this dude that that rocks and he really got embraced by the Kachucks, which is 
you know, helped make this even better for him. Um, I really do hope Matthew Kachuk signs here and comes here and stays for a long time. And then Brady eventually comes and then we'll look sick and everyone will be happy. And all of today's woes will be long behind that's us. Right. But There's no future in Calgary. So that's right. Come on. Now. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, I think you should leave responded to the Johnny Goodrow to Columbus tweet with that uh, image of him going, there's no cute restaurants in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, in any case, that's, uh, that's the uh, off season so far. What a day it's been. Um, the, uh, you know, the blues, I don't think are better now, uh, but could be better at some point. <laughs> and that's all I've got to say. You have anything you want to add or should we get out of here? I think we should add on that unbridled optimism. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, we've got, we've given these people like, like a near two hour podcast. So they'll survive. Um, folks. You'll live. Seriously. We'll have a lot more to say. I'm sure next time we'll be a lot calmer and a lot more rational. Uh, until then, keep your takes hot, keep your ice cream cold and keep your, I don't know anything that's supposed to be lukewarm. So just keep living. <laughs> See ya. Stay frosty. Thank <laughs> you.